Welcome to Diana Perkovic's Monday Momentum in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Well, good Monday morning to you. I'm your host, Diana Perkovic. You are listening to Monday Moment in 5. We are going back to the boss babes this week, baby. We are unedited, unscripted, and unfiltered as always. Today's guest, Abby Boudreau. She has such a spirited and dynamic approach to storytelling, and it's really catapulted her journalism career to an all-time high. Her work is mostly featured on ABC's Good Morning America, the number one rated morning show in the country. And she was actually part of the team that made history in 2012 when they took over that number one spot from the Today Show. You can catch Boudreaux also on the web for her work for Newsmakers on Yahoo and on her own lifestyle website. Abby is really amazing. You're going to see why really quickly why I wanted to have her on Monday Moment. She is a wife, a mom, an entrepreneur. She is also a TEDx speaker. And how does she do it? How does she balance it all? What has she learned along the way? Well, we're going to talk about all that and so much more on today's episode of Monday Moment. Abby, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so delighted you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to come on into the podcast studio today. We have so much to talk about. We really do. Thanks. Thanks for this. This is this is exciting. Well, let's go back sort of to the beginning and becoming a reporter at the network level that's kind of a dream job you know people it's kind of like becoming a singer or an actress it's like (laughs) people imagine it to be this incredible job and I'm sure it is and your career is at that all-time high you're on Good Morning America but take me through the process and what the journey was like like kind of set the stage of how hard it is to get at that level from Iowa to Kalamazoo, Michigan, then to CNN, (sighs) and now on Good Morning America. Sort of paint the picture for us. Well, I mean, I started off like a lot of young reporters start off. They have dreams of wanting to make a difference through storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that was always really important to me. I was one of those kids where I wanted to be everything from a pastry chef to an astronaut. I could not figure it out. It's true. I I couldn't figure it out. And then I, I was in college. And I was still trying to figure it out. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll be a communication major because I don't know what I want to do. And that's what everyone was doing back then. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't know, you just became a communication major. And then they said, would you like to do an internship? Do you want to try to take a journalism class? And I ended up doing, I had an internship at the local station in Chicago. I went to Loyola in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I got an internship with their investigative unit, their consumer investigative unit at uh, WMAQ, and I fell in love with it. And all I did was, I was an intern, and all I did was answer phone calls and return messages and do that kind of thing. But I got to, I was on like the, that ground level of figuring out what is a story? Right. Is there a way for us to make a difference? And then feeding that information to the reporters and the producers to see if it could really become a story. And I saw at a very young age in college the kind of difference that a really good broadcast journalism, like a broadcast story could make and it could make a really positive difference in this world so i i really wanted to do that i was like am i gonna go to law school or am i gonna be a journalist and i realized be a journalist it's a visual way to tell a powerful story that can really make a difference so i was sucked in 
right after that internship. We we share a TV background, and right. I, I often say to people, I, I, I say, being in a TV studio, being in that environment, I said, you, you've got to think of it like New York City. It has its own heartbeat, right? And it's palpable, and it's exciting, and there's a camaraderie. But at the same time, a job in television is not a job. It's a lifestyle. Oh, 100%. And you have to be 100% in and dedicated. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I lived and breathed it. So mm-hmm. I went, I ended up graduating from college. I went to grad school to Northwestern's Medill School of Journalism. It was an awesome program. It was a one-year grad school, like, oh, wow, in that's it to great. win it. Yeah. And I hit the ground running. I My first job was as a one-woman band in Dubuque, Iowa. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, I would sleep with the police scanner to, next to the side of my bed. Wow. Yeah. You know, you got to be ready and... And and I was the only I was the only reporter working for my station in that area, and it was wow. it felt like a lot of pressure. But you do you live and you breathe it, and you have you know I would set my sights high. You know I'm going to be a network r- reporter. I'm going to work for 60 minutes. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it fast. It was like a race to the finish line, and it takes a, it takes a lot out of you. And, sure. and it takes a lot of sacrifice, too. You know, where everybody else is out partying and boyfriends and all of these things. <laughs> you know, I'm waking up at 2 in the morning. Right. No. It's, I right? mean, I still tried to get my share of boyfriends and parties in for sure. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, no. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's the fun of the job, though. You're young and you're, you know, you're just, you're, you're just blazing through the day trying to make those deadlines and and not embarrass yourself too much by, you know, holding on to those heavy cameras. Thank God. People have it much easier now with their iPhones. Tell me about I mean, it. My God, Tell me about it. I am like, I'm so glad that technology has made a reporter's job so much easier because it really has. What kind of a dream come true was it to be tapped by ABC to go in and to actually sit down and with Diane Sawyer and have Diane Sawyer be part of the process that says, yep, we want Abby. What what was that like? I mean, it was all so surreal. It was a dream. It was literally a dream come true. And she did. She um, was a major reason, probably the number one reason that I went to ABC from CNN. I loved loved CNN. I was doing really cool investigative documentaries there. And I I really loved it. I had a great team. And she was the reason I, I really left to go to ABC and she just I sat down with her and I talked to her and she explained this feeling of a crackle in the newsroom and I just and I just thought oh I want to feel that same crackle of a newsroom and I want to work with you and it was it was a great experience I got to do some good investigative stories and um but about a year or less of being at ABC I was pretty much tapped to become a breaking news, a general assignment reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have never been cut out for that. I, I'm cut out for trying to, you know, like in my mind, it was always, I do this job and I give it my all because I want to make a positive difference. Breaking news for me was difficult. I didn't fit that mold. I was good at it because I could get information quickly because of my investigative background. Right. Okay. Right. And, and also because I had a natural ability to open up to people and have them open up to me. Mm -hmm. So that also helps with breaking news. But I didn't like this idea of chasing stories like that. It it didn't fit my personality. It didn't feel right. But I was really kind of what I considered, especially at that time, that go-to person to 
to follow the missing women, the missing children, right. the missing cheerleader, the missing barista. You clearly it, love it. It's it's in your blood. You clearly you think love so? it. Yeah, no, no. I you love telling people yeah, stories. I no, mean, I really it shows. do. It shows. So you have to imagine my surprise. Yeah. When I came across your TED your TED talk. Your TEDx talk, I was really surprised. If if you go to YouTube, you should really go and watch it. It's excellent. And and it's entitled Hate the Media, So Do I, and I'm a Reporter. So Addie. <laughs> I was a little worried about that headline, by the way. <laughs> okay. So was there a, was there a moment or a particular story or something where you had that point of no return where you said, you know what? I don't know if if I'm going to continue to do this? I I was tapped to, yeah. <laughs> it's always hard to talk about this because I don't talk about it very much. But yeah, I was, um, I was assigned a story um, with a person. His name is Josh Powell. And he was the unofficial suspect in his wife's disappearance. And I was uh, assigned to get to know him and his family a little bit so that we could try to get an exclusive interview. And I did that, you know, and I um, ended up getting over a period of time, I did get that interview along with other media. They got it, too. But mm-hmm. we sort of like opened the floodgates. Sure. And it, uh, it it was just one of those really I mean, I hate to use like <laughs> the wrong term here, but it was just like one of those juicy morning television type stories. You know, mm-hmm. the woman who had disappeared. She's just beautiful, leaving behind two sweet children, that whole situation. And and the husband just d- did himself no favors. I mean, he looked like the bad guy. Was he the bad guy? You know, I don't know. Right. So what happened was I got to know that family really well. Um, And after our story aired, we did more and more stories. And uh, eventually I got a phone call and it was from the assignment editor here in LA. Uh, And they said, uh, you know, it was actually a text message. And it said, you know, he killed himself and the kids. And that you need to, you know, you know, get there right away so wow. you can report on the story. So, you know, within 24 hours, I was at the scene of this, you know, horrible crime where, you know, and I knew those kids and they were only three and five years old when he killed them. And um, he actually lost, had lost custody of the kids. And so a social worker was bringing them over to the house oh. for his visitation. And he said, come in, come up here, boys. And so the boys ran ahead of the social worker. He grabbed them in, inside, locked the door, hit him over the head with an ax, and then he blew up the house. It was horrible. 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 And what people don't understand is these, these interviews don't happen overnight. You're, no, I know Part that. of your assignment is to get to know them hundred percent. Like yeah. he would call me on my cell phone. Wow. I mean, we, I really thought we were real close to him calling him. I mean, I don't know what happened. Right. No clues were really left behind. Right. I mean, we don't know. But, you know, he he very well could have been the killer. And I was starting to feel like, okay, is he going to call me? Is he going to say something? Is he going to confess? You know, what? Because there were a lot of phone calls. And that's that reporter's hunch, right? That's that reporter's and, hunch. And it's, you honor that. Like, you listen to it. Because yeah. I'm sure it's served you well. It has, but it's yeah. also like, okay, well, what is that? You know, what is, it's a slippery slope. You don't want to get too close. You don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. impede in some sort of, like, huge investigation. Sure. You know, you don't want to 
make something turn out to be like a neg, make something even worse. Oh yeah. my gosh. Right. So that moment for me where I was like, something needs to change is when I was standing in front of the, that home that he had, you know, that was like charred and knowing that that's where those boys had died such a violent death. And I looked into the camera during my live shot and you can see, you know, your reflection. Reflection, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I saw myself and I just thought, I hate you right now. Like, I hate you. I hate what you have become. And it's not like my heart wasn't in it. I cared about this family. I wanted to find the missing woman. I wanted our stories to lead to her discovery and maybe, or at least if she was killed, would help solve the mystery. I I was in it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. But when I saw myself and all those other news trucks and reporters and everyone swarming around, I just felt this this isn't for me. And I was also you know, I think three or four months pregnant at that time, you know, and it was just all too much. How long from that moment to the moment where you finally made the actual change, like started to change your assignments and started to change sort of the trajectory of your career? Well, uh, probably, well, then I had, you know, I, I ended up taking time off. I had the baby, I took time off. And then there was a time where it was just, it was like kind of a negotiating time, a window in my contract. Mm-hmm. And it was like, do I leave? Do I stay? What do I do? And Good Morning America is awesome. And they said, why don't you try features and see if that, how that, if that's a good fit for you. And here I am like, trying so hard for all these years to never, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You, you're I laughing because you I know. I get it. I you so work so get hard because you want to be taken seriously. Right. And you have to work even harder when you are a woman. Right. And I mean, not to be, but you know, you have longish, blondish hair. <laughs> it makes it even more, you're setting yourself up. <laughs> I mean, you got to work real hard. Yeah. And here I am, I'm going to start doing features. Well, so I didn't think I would like it. But I started doing them, and I hear I have a little kid. Then I have another little kid. I'm like, you know what? I kind of love these features. It's fun. Yeah. And that's sort of where I've. That's where I am now. I do features for Good Morning America for Nightline. I don't get too deep. I still think I have a little bit of, um, you know, almost like fear. Sure. Of ever revisiting sure. the past, of never wanting to go back, leaving the mm-hmm. past in the past with mm-hmm. investigative. Though I love a juicy story, I keep, I'm a news junkie completely. Right. But I don't think I could ever really go back. And then enter Sockaboo. Enter Sockaboo. Enter Sockaboo. Okay. Yes. What I'm is like, it? Okay. I what brought is some, it? I brought some to show you. But I want to tell you, yeah. when I didn't have, when you're an investigative reporter, yeah. you, again, live and breathe it. So without having, with like, I had free time. <laughs> All of a sudden I had some free time. Even though I was a mom and I was still doing features. No, but it's, it's it a different. It wasn't a time suck right, like that. Right, exactly. So I had always loved the idea of becoming an entrepreneur. Right. It just It's exactly like I was when I was a kid. Just because it was like, well, you want to be a pastry chef. You want to be this. You want to be that. You know, all these different things. An entrepreneur was like, that's what I want. Be your own boss. BYOB, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when I did have a little bit more free time creatively, sure. then I was like, this is my big – so I came up with all these horrible ideas. And then <clears throat> I was rocking my son to sleep. So this is a years in the making, by the way. I mean, this is a long time ago. It doesn't happen overnight. No. It didn't for me. No. I don't think I don't it know. does for most people. And so that's myth number one. Myth Abby number and one. I are going to dispel. It doesn't happen overnight. So if you're sitting at home and you've got like this great idea, 
go for it. Go for it. I always say time is going to go anyways. Like next year's coming, right? (laughs) That is such a great way to look at it. So there's so much you can do in a year. Or you could just next year wake up and be like, I should really make these socks. Right. Or what I did. I always hate that feeling of like, what if I don't do it? What does life feel like emotionally when I'm super, super old and I'm like, why didn't I just try? Well, that's profound. Well, isn't it true though? But like, it is kind of true. But no, but think about it. Okay, so what if you don't do it? What if I don't do it? What, what if, if you don't? just like ticked off? Like awful. God, awful. I just I would much rather fail at something, right. fail at it, learn and move on, right? Than not try. So anyway, so here comes Sakabu. So here I brought some to show you. So what it is is it's a sock where okay, a child. Okay, they're so cute. They're so oh cute. my god, I love them. They're Aww. so cute. Okay, sorry, okay. Abby, go on. Okay, so basically what it is is a sock where the toes can stick out, so you can cover the toes for coziness or uncover the toes with one cl- quick seamless flip. Um, and then you can have better traction, the best traction, because it's your natural traction of your sticky little toes. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm making it for one to four-year-olds, so the toddler size, but we're making it for babies, big kids, and grown-ups, believe it or not, because people want them. Well, because I so, want a pair. Well, yeah. Well, you I want a, a onesie, you and I need sock yes. for adults, okay? Yes. I'm free going on for you. Oh. Oh, Just my in case God. you didn't know that already. Oh, my God. I love okay, it. So, yeah. so what, it's been really fun. What did you risk? by starting Sockaboo. Besides, like, lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's an investment. Right. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, man, it took so much money to, to obtain the patents and do all of this stuff and get the trademark. But then someone said, well, aren't you investing? And I'm like, okay, that does make me feel better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you are, like, working on a product, think about that money that you are spending. It is an investment. You're not just, like, throwing it away, you know, because you're not. Exactly. Right. So, you know, I, I, what did I risk? Probably, yeah, financial stuff was the biggest risk because mm-hmm. here I have two kids. I have mortgages to pay, you know. Right. Yeah. So that, and I guess maybe you're risking, you know, egg on your face looking like a, <laughs> looking like a loser. Can I tell you? <laughs> I'm so glad you just said that because it's awful, but I'm going to admit that's like the one thing that goes yeah. to my mind. I'm like... Oh, well, now I've just put it out there. Right. So now, like, I can't fail. Right. I don't want to look like a loser, Abby. <laughs> but okay. If well, right. What are you looking at, Donnie? I Donnie's know. in the control room. He's staring at us. No, but I don't want to look like a loser. No. But no. you know what? Aren't you a bigger loser if you don't try? Totally. I've learned the most from failing. The most from failing. And I, I, I just, I embrace that. Failures lead to your greatest success. I, I believe that. But I do not want Sakabu to fail. This is going to be a um, uh, a winner. Oh, no. It's going to be I a hope winner. so. Do you think so? Oh, I, I said know. that and then I thought of then I thought about uh, Lori from Shark Tank. She's like when she says winner or whatever she says, she has her thing, her line. Well, I have, I have a few thing. lines myself. You do? I do. Well, I, you, if anyone's going to know, it's you. So give me, an have, on, give me some honest feedback. So I have here's sold how hundreds of millions of dollars of product. Oh and I will tell you that you need a great story. You know, the fact that it's patented. The fact that they're all 50 shades of cute. And then you think about what is the cutest thing on a baby? What know, it, it's their toes. I know. Well, it's so right? funny. It's like, and, and it yes. also, it's a problem solver. Because when you want your kids to get up and start moving around – they're so cute, but they're also incredibly functional as well. And they serve a purpose. And it makes someone's life 
easier. Well, that's what we think. And it's been so great. I never hesitate when my kids are wearing sockaboos because yeah. when they wear normal traditional socks, even with the stickies on the bottom, I literally, it's frightening. This, the spills that they take. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like I'm exaggerating, but I right. hate when my kids wear socks in the house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not on our floors. No, they're too right. slippery. But when they wear these, I don't even think twice. And I have a six-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And that's and that's everything right. when so, you're a mom. Like- to be able to sell something and believe in it wholeheartedly and to see the reactions of the kids and the moms and dads when they open up the package because you know online everyone does an unboxing or in my case an unbagging video and then they put them on immediately and just how happy they are dancing around the house and show and the idea of kids having choice is such a huge thing you know we get to choose what we wear they often don't get to right but they can choose whether they want their toes out or if they want their toes covered or uncovered which is really cool and as much as we think we're doing a good job dressing them 20 years from now they're gonna look at those photos and, and say, be like, "What Mom. were you thinking? What were you thinking?" But it was the thing at the time. It was the thing at the time. So let's <laughs> let's talk about a few sticking points. I oh. I know that your first run of Sockaboo, you had fifteen thousand pairs right. of the socks made, yeah, and they were shipped to you. And 15,000 pairs of socks unraveled. Yeah. So how did you keep <laughs> How did you keep the oh business from unraveling right. as well? Like did you have a moment where you're like, "Okay, boy bye, girl bye. <laughs> this is done. Like I'm over it." I definitely had that moment where I thought, um, I am I shouldn't be in this space. I'm mm-hmm. a journalist. That's all I'm good at. I should have stuck to my space, stay in my lane. And I gave it a week and just kind of let things just just kind of be quiet. You sure. know, just like I never cried. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like I cried or anything. But right. I not that crying's bad, but I wasn't that to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just gave it a week. And then I said, you know what? I need to become the expert. I am relying on too many people to help me with this. I, and and I was. I was trying to find the perfect person with the perfect answer who could help me with this. And guess guess who that is? Yeah. You. You're the perfect person with the perfect answer. It's your, you know. At, at a certain point, after all those years. It's hard to get there. Yeah, I, I know. I didn't see it, though, at all, because I kept thinking someone else is the expert. Someone else knows this better. Yes. But I was the one who came up with the idea. I know Sakabu better than anybody. I know what the kids want. I I cut and sew these myself up until I had them manufactured. So wow. now when you're talking about those 15,000 pair, mm-hmm. the reason there were so many is because I had them manufactured overseas sure. in China. And they made them all the same way. So their minimums were low, like high, I mean. Their minimums yeah. were high. So I had to order a lot. But they were all made the same way. That's why they mm. all unraveled. They, you know, it was just wow. a horrible thing. So now these are now made in the U.S. They're made in North Carolina. They're the highest quality that I can find. And they're completely seamless, which is so cool because I've been hearing from like subcategory groups of people like who one group is the sensory community that I never saw coming. Now, sensory wow. is sort of like in the um, autism spectrum mm-hmm. or sensory deprivation um, se- sensory deprivation or sens- sensory processing disorders mm-hmm. where people do not want anything touching their toes, including seams or anything annoying like that. Interesting. Yeah, so they've been loving, the people in that community have been loving this because the kids can wear the socks with their toes out. Who knew? No, I never would have thought that. And then I've been hearing from the dance community. has been amazing. And what about 
Pilates and yoga. I never thought about that. But those are the people I know. But those are the groups that I've been hearing from that I never, I just thought I made this to be fun and functional for kids so they could stop slipping around the house so much. And also in mind was for babies so they could explore their toes. Sure. Without ripping off their socks all the time. Those were the two main reasons I wanted to do Pilates, yoga. But these other things I'm like, what? Or slips and falls for older people. Um, That's a really good point. I know. So anyway, so so for me, it's like exciting. It's endless. It's just like it is my passion, and it feels good to have a passion again. Doesn't it? Because I love I love telling stories for GMA. I love doing the features for Nightline and doing all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But my passion for creation, my passion for creating this sock to kind of revolutionize the way kids wear socks is exciting. You know. You should see your eyes. I know. I'm like, like popping out of my hair. She's like, I'm excited. <laughs> it's fun to be passionate about something. Though. Of course. Of course it is. And you know, who says we can't do more than one thing? I think those oh, days are yes. so, so long gone. I agree. And I think that there are still so many women and, and men in general who still have a hard time saying multi platform, multi, multifaceted. Like, the, I can do more things like I love the fact that the word side hustle has become sort of part of the 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 vernacular right like part of our lexicon like everybody talks about it but I'm so happy to hear that because there's so many people who have a great idea and who are doing the nine to five because that that's what they do but it's like take that step oh yeah take that leap you know, because yeah. because why not right yeah I mean really we I just look at things like okay you've got one shot at this You've got one shot at your life. Yes. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Well, I I think you should lose yourself mm-hmm. in this moment. You own it. You know. Oh, <laughs> Let it go. I'm going to Eminem. I love it. I'm going to do a little Eminem for oh everybody. Oh my god. Where Where do you see Sockaboo five years from now? I see us selling millions of socks. That's it. That's the only. That's the way I see it. How I it's it. going to come into fruition, I really have no idea. But uh, millions of socks, millions of just socks. millions and millions of socks. Millions and of kids, socks. they're wearing them. Maybe they're wearing them as sleeves. I mean, socks and sleeves. I think. I, I think need both. a pair. You need to get. I'm gonna get I'm, you're gonna I'm, want oh my adult God. ones because I think that they're just so cute. And guys, when you feel them, like when you touch yeah. them, they're really high quality. Thank you. They're beautiful. I love them. Now, full disclosure, Abby and I were emailing back and fourth yesterday and as a true tv girl right she emailed me before i even got to her she's like just want to confirm tomorrow's time <laughs> and so you know when you do live tv you live and die by your call time so i was doing like five things at once and i emailed abby back like real quick and i inadvertently put the wrong time right because i'm human and abby emails me back and she's like well and i'm thinking you know i'm doing five things at once as women we are the queens of multitasking right but i i got it wrong then i think to myself you know i probably got it wrong because i'm not a mom oh right like how do you balance everything because you can't like when you're a mom you have these little people that you're responsible for (laughs) on top of the call time and the this and the that and you're stirring the soup and you're running around and doing all these right so how do you balance it all how do you do it okay so I don't believe in balance I did up until last year and for me, I believe in unbalance and embracing this idea of really feeling good in an unbalanced kind of way. Does that make sense at all to you? That's a little bit groundbreaking. Oh, is it? That's going to be like <laughs> that, that's going to be like the soundbite for, for this podcast. No, but it's true. Okay, so here's here's my take on it because 
I, and I really feel strongly about this. Mm-hmm. I always try to be like perfect, especially as a reporter. Okay, you make a mistake, you're out, right? You don't, so you, you have can. you can't. You can't. So you make a mistake, you're out. So you gotta be perfect. But then it it transcends. Like when you're we're on when you're on TV, then you gotta have perfect hair, perfect makeup, perfect whatever, perfect clothes. And what people don't realize is you're looking at a reflection of yourself the entire time. Right. So it's a very unnatural thing. Cause imagine being on the air every day, people just imagine standing in front of a mirror. Like for a couple hours every day. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. So, so your hair's gotta be perfect. Yeah. Like you said, like everything's gotta well, and also you'll hear you'll hear about it if it's not. No, yes, yeah. you will. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, that idea of perfection, um, at a certain point in my life, I realized does not exist. And then you know, there's this big movement, right? About perfect is almost a bad word. And I love social media because of that, right? No one embraces perfection anymore. There's not such a thing. Everyone knows that there's no perfect look or a perfect day or whatever. But I think that some like media genius or marketing genius swapped out the word balance for perfection. So they swapped it out. So no more perfect, but balance was swapped out for perfection. Hmm. Because in order to achieve balance, you have to have perfect balance. Hmm. Otherwise, you're unbalanced. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. I see so, where you're going with this. Yeah. So I really do huh. feel that way. So uh, you're chasing perfection. You're never going to achieve it. You're chasing balance. Have you ever talked to someone who's like, my life is so balanced? No. no. <laughs> I don't know anyone who has <laughs> Right. Right. Okay. So everyone's chasing balance, but it's unattainable just like perfection is. So it's another like disease, so to speak. Like yeah. we're just chasing but it. But it sounds healthy. Like perfection doesn't sound healthy. Like ch- trying to chase a perfect life doesn't sound healthy. Right. Trying to chase a balanced life sounds healthy. But in my world, when I close my eyes and I think about a perfectly balanced day, it was the same visual that I got when I was visualizing a perfect day. Mm -hmm. So perfect, in my mind, perfection and balance were the same thing. So when I realized that there's no such thing as balance, there really isn't, then embracing an unbalanced life has been really healthy for me. Because guess what? I've already achieved it. Done. Check. Winning. <laughs> Winning. Winning. Yeah. That's really profound. And I think I don't that, know if it's profound. No, but I, I do. I, I do. I live by that. You scratch beneath the surface and you really start to think about it. And it makes A, a lot of sense. But B, I also think it's a little bit liberating. I feel sometimes as women, we're still, I don't know if, if you see this around you, but I see it a lot, where I feel like we're still sort of looking for Ah, permission maybe from like I don't know who right I don't know where that but it's like we're looking for some kind of permission to to be unbalanced say or to like go after things that we want because what works for you may not work for me and we may end up defining balance very differently Mm -hmm. and so I think as women it's so important to also I think just you sharing that I guarantee you I'm going to get a comment on my website or on social media. Somebody saying, oh, my God, I felt that. I hope so. I mean, I think it's worth talking about because, you know, I just feel like for years, years, at least the last 10 years, I've been trying to achieve balance in my Mm -hmm. life. And I feel like I fail every day. And it's like, my God, well, maybe tomorrow. Or there are moments where you feel it, but then you look at your day and I'm like, oh, my God. How do people do this? And you look at other people and their Instagrams and you're like, well, they achieved it. Well, no, it was a good picture. But when you talk to them, 
they didn't achieve it either. No one's achieving it. So I think we should stop trying to achieve it and just like live our life. We weren't meant, we're human. We're not meant to be like these perfectly balanced people. And so I, how I do it is I just, I, you know, I'm organized like I, to some degree. Like I know what I need to do in a day and I try to get the most important thing done and everything else I lower my expectations. Sure. And I don't try to do everything perfect. I don't try to even do everything great. I just do it to get it done and then try to really focus on that one thing that I do need to get done, maybe the most important thing, whether it's, you know, taking care of my kids because they're, the, they're sick that day mm-hmm. or whether it's going to a GMA shoot and wanting to do a good job at the interview. But everything else, making sure my house is perfectly cleaned and this is perfectly this and dinner is – mac and cheese is fine. Right. No you know? one's going to die. No one's going to die. Exactly. We're going to be okay. Right. And guess what? My husband's happier. My kids are happier. I'm happier. I'm having more fun. And it's like, why didn't I see this before? For me, it works. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so different. That's, I think, a huge lesson, I'm sure, that, that you feel like you've learned over the years that's got to be just it's life's changing yeah is there maybe another takeaway or lesson that you've learned going from you know Iowa to CNN and then GMA and now entrepreneur you're a wife you're a mom is there maybe another takeaway or lesson that you've learned during that journey I think it's important to enjoy it Mm -hmm. and it's so easy not to and it's it's so important to remind yourself, and I think it's okay to actually remind yourself mm-hmm. throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Take a take a second and be like, no, things are good. My family is happy. People are smiling. You know, people are. You know, the, uh, to me, it all comes back to health. I really do think. Like, what do you do to take care of yourself? Do, well, how do you find time? I don't find that much time. Mm-hmm. I don't. I do like ten minute workouts a day. That's it. And I run, I live on uh, like a hill and I run up and down, down it and up it and down it and up it and like two times. That's it. You're killing it, girl. Oh my God. You're no. just killing the workouts. Oh no. I'm, up and down, up and down. I do, but only like once or twice. <laughs> but if I do it once a day, I'm like, that broke a sweat. That was really hard. Yeah. And that's it. But no, I think, I think, you know, I think just enjoy the journey as much as you can. And it's okay if you forget to enjoy it, but then try to remind yourself. Because you want to enjoy it. I mean, that's the point. You want to have fun with it. You do. I mean, otherwise, like, don't do it. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be <laughs> miserable, but you're, like, running, you're chasing after your dream, but you're miserable doing it, like, what is the point? Then it's, you've, there's got to be another dream for you. Yeah, I think There's so. got to be another one. Yeah. Um, good Girl Mafia's motto is it takes a badass to be a good girl. And don't forget about other girls, right? Yeah. So what's your badass superpower? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Let me think about this. Badass superpower. Oh, my God. Wait, what's yours? I need, a, like, a hint here. Well, I didn't get the call time right. So <laughs> being punctual maybe isn't it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think maybe my superpower is trying to find the positive in things. I think I'm just naturally a positive person, so maybe that is more of a, my own superpower because it's a natural. Isn't a superpower supposed to be something you don't have to work too hard? I at? think so. Yeah. yeah, and I think I got an extra dose of bright side yeah. in the baby factory for sure. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Like that's in my DNA. So that would be one of your superpowers. Yeah. Too, don't you think? Yeah. My, my girlfriend says to me, she says, "You know, Diana, you're not a ray of sunshine because you're the actual sun. Hey, you are beaming. She's like, you are just always in a good mood. But I don't know if 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 it is or if it isn't genetic. But it's like that's sort of 
I think it is a superpower. Be I think happy. we're lucky. Yeah. I think we're lucky because we are wired that way. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are not wired that way, and mm-hmm. they're like very confused. Like, why is she mm-hmm. happy all the time? Like, is that real? And I'm not happy all the time, for sure. But right. I, but I can see the positive in things, and I think it makes it easier for me to enjoy the day and have fun with my kids and do you know that kind of thing. Best piece of advice that you would have for a female entrepreneur? Go for it. Do not let anyone stand in your way. I have had. I, when I, when I, um, had those socks that unraveled, I did not trust my instinct with a person who I was working with. And I thought, well, he knows it best. He's telling me I don't belong in this space. He's telling me that I should go do my day job, never to quit my day job. Mm. He's telling me all these negative things. And I felt wow. like I needed him. So I did not trust my instinct. And I, and I wish I would have. And I learned that. So be your own expert, become your own expert. Don't just assume you are, by the way. It wasn't like day one, I'm like, I'm my own expert. That's not what I'm talking about. I did my homework. I sought out so many people who did know so much more than I mm-hmm. did. But after years of trying, you know, never giving up, then I did realize, I did have that realization that, you know what, I think I know what I need to do for my own product than any more than anyone else knows. So become your own expert, never give up, and trust your instinct. Best piece of advice you can give for working moms today? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because I I think that a lot of people look at women who work in television and think that somehow it's like, well, she has a lot of help or she's got a lot. But it's hard. Well, you you do have to have help. Yeah. You have to have a good babysitter, Mm -hmm. someone who's reliable, someone Mm -hmm. who you trust, someone Mm -hmm. who you're not afraid to let go of if you need to. You know, you need to always be planning ahead. And I think it comes back to also trust your instincts. Trusting your instincts with that. And also, it really helped me that I married someone who's supportive. That's been real helpful. I could not do what I do without him. I mean, I just couldn't. I mean, that's been a real helpful. It's been helpful to marry someone who's been supportive of my career. It's got to be everything. I don't know how a single mom does it. I have so much respect for single moms. More than, now that I have kids, I I cannot understand how they do it. I have so much respect for a single mom. I have a few single moms who are in my life. I mean, that's who should be here sitting here telling us the secrets. I'll tell you, they they say the same thing to me all the time. They're like, Dinah, you just get it done. Like you find a way and you just get it done. For any young aspiring uh, journalists out there, what be- what piece best piece of advice would you give to them? And that is such an interesting question because it's so different now. It's changed. Hasn't now you it? can still climb the local news ladder. That still exists. Everyone says, "Oh, local news is dead." Well, it's actually not. It's thriving. Mm-hmm. It's actually mm-hmm. doing just fine. And when you think about it, you you know, you turn on your local news, you want to know what's going on locally, and then I get my news. That's how I get my news. I'm like, either get it from cable, I get it online. I don't, you know. Right. I, or get it local. I want to know what's going on locally, mm-hmm. whatever. So you could still climb the local news ladder if you want to end up at a GMA or something like that. You could go for it that way. But I suggest that um, you don't shy away from having your own YouTube channel mm-hmm. and your own and, and be being an entrepreneur with it. You have a voice. Use it. Don't be afraid of it. You know how to tell a story. You grew up telling stories. I mean, we're going to have some of the best journalists in this next generation. I agree. The, the democratization of media – 
with social media has taken consumers and made them part of the process now. So it's leveled the playing field in a way that we've never experienced before. Oh, absolutely. And think about how visual this next generation is. I mean, everyone says all the negative things about social media, but there's a lot of positive things, and it's amazing for compelling storytelling. And this is what they live and breathe. So I think that if they use that power that they have in their in their in the palm of their hand, literally, that and they use it in a smart way, not mm-hmm. just applying lipstick and showing beauty tutorials all day long. And I'm not saying they all do, but it's fun to do those too. You it know? is. But if you use it in a powerful way, and you use it to tell people stories and to get you know your version of the truth, because I'm having a hard time knowing what the truth is these days. But you know you you. You do it to tell a real solid, compelling story. These are going to be the best storytellers of all time. And I think you'll stand out even more than those who are doing the the makeup tutorials. Because that's almost become ubiquitous. It's like everybody's doing it. So now if you get up there and you start doing a really good job telling a story, you'll stand out. And tell other people's stories. It's not all about you. You know, but that's where I think that this has gone a little bit left. Don't you think? I do. It's, It's not... In my day, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, content is king. I say content is queen. Oh, great. <laughs> and I'm the head of the good girl mafia. What? 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 <laughs> content is queen. I'm ca- mm-hmm. May I borrow that? Yes, you may. Okay. Where can, where can we buy Sockaboo? Sockaboo.com. So it's S-O-C-K-A-B-U with a U, not an O's. Because okay. I felt like that was too Halloween-ish. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, no. Know. This... Wait until you see them yeah. and you get them in your hands. You are going to love them. And they're so colorful. Did you flip it? So Did you flip cute. it yet? Here, go like this and flip it. So you just flip So you just flip it. See, no seams oh or anything. God. When, totally when are the it. adult ones coming out? I, I'm working on that. I'm okay. working on that. I'm going to I'm gonna get those out as soon as possible. They're amazing. These are amazing. So Sockaboo.com. You can also go to Abby's website, which is... AbbyBoudreau.com. But I think mainly the Sockaboo stuff because it has all of my, it has all that information there. And and what's uh, the, the social on, media yeah, handles? Yeah, I was just going to say, that's even better. So at Sockaboo. So just the same thing. At Sockaboo on Instagram and... Facebook and Twitter. Thank yeah. you, Abby, Thank so you much. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm so glad you came in. Oh, I, I, I admire all of your achievements and all of your accomplishments. I think you have a way of cutting through the clutter even your TEDx talk was and again it's TEDx you can find it on YouTube it's called hate the media so do I and I'm a reporter you really should go and check it out I think you have a way of sort of cutting through the clutter and getting to the heart of what's going on and I think with your sockaboo girl we need to talk (laughs) these are amazing (laughs) oh my god well thank you thank you for having me thank you for coming by and you'll have to keep us updated yes yes of course perfect see I told you I was going to bring the boss babes back want to thank all of you for listening to Monday moment the extended version i'm your host diana perkovic and as always you can find me on social media as well instagram at diana perkovic as well as at good girl mafia and you can go to my website www.dianaperkovic.com that's it for us this week but i will see you back here same time same place next week have a fabulous week everyone (laughs) 